0: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
1: all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Restore Freedom Weekly. I am Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry. This is Liberty Laurie, and we welcome you to joining us today on our very informative uh, session that we will have talking about uh, ordinance enforcement appeals and giving you some real tangible specifics. You could take action steps that you may need now or in the near future. You never know when a municipality is going to go after you or someone you love. Uh, And uh, the timeframes are actually quite short. You wouldn't believe how short, in fact. So in order to make sure that you don't miss those opportunities to defend yourself, defend your property rights, et cetera, Uh, This is something that even if you think you're not going to need it or your township or city or municipality has never cared about anything, you never know. It takes that one person to act in government uh, unconstitutionally or illegally or just go above and beyond to uh, irritate the crap out of you. And it does. It happens and you want to be prepared. You at least want this information rolling around in the back of your brain somewhere so that you know, you know what, I think this is one of those situations I got to do something quick and then uh, hopefully at the very least you'll be able to think, I think, I think Catherine was telling me about that one day and you hop over to our website, type some search terms into our search box and you'll be able to pull up this very video or other resources that will have available for you to walk you through such a situation. So uh, with that being said um I'm gonna hop ooh, apparently not I'm gonna hop over to the chat so I can see um hello to let's go on YouTube and big bad John uh nope you're not late today uh usually it's us that's late <laughs> but, <laughs> um Hey, I just want to be fashionably late. You know, what can I say? Trying to cram too much in every single day. All right. So like I said, welcome to Restore Freedom Weekly. This is already season two, episode nine. Uh, It's so crazy to think we already (laughs) have many of these under our belts, but um, especially those of you that are new, by the way, I want to welcome those of you that are new, um, uh, another welcome because we continue to have more and more people come over. I'm assuming from Harvey Freebird's uh, video that he did of the Allegan County arrest that happened, and that, that video, last I knew, had, um, gosh, it was well over a million views, wasn't it? It's
0: 1.6 million.
1: 1.6 million views. And that was uh, a f-
0: couple days ago that I had it up.
1: Wow. So I know there's lots of you still coming on over and joining us here on our YouTube channel, or you might be streaming us live right now on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Rumble. Uh, to those of you who are participating on Rumble, keep in mind we can't simultaneously see your comments unless Lori is able to have 5000 windows open at once and she usually does a good job trying to do that and to see comments that are coming in live on Rumble but it won't be mixed into our software here because Rumble just hasn't gotten there yet. By the way, if you are watching this live on Rumble and want to continue watching us live on Rumble, let us know. Uh, Let us know you're in there. Make some comments and tell us because it actually costs us money every month to do that. And so far, we haven't had enough donations nor enough viewership live on Rumble to justify continue live streaming. We will continue to post the videos uh, as we have been for the last year and a half or whatever it's been uh, with Rumble, but uh, just might not continue to go live unless we know that it's benefiting you. So uh, hi to John, just joining us and commenting on YouTube and Mickey Um, That uh, All right, Um, Mickey looks like joining us for the first time Um, and uh, hello to everyone else on all of our other social media platforms. So this is what we're going to do today. We are going to talk about specifically time limits and documents needed for ordinance enforcement appeals. Wow, such a super exciting topic, I know. But when your rights are at stake, when the government tries to step in at any level, uh, and they think that they're going to just run the show and they don't care about the Constitution. They don't think they've had to take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, anything like that. You're going to want to have the ability, the knowledge, the know-how, the tools to be able to fight back at any uh, in any legal means possible. And that's what uh, today is all about. And thank you for joining us. Well, well, well on uh, YouTube. I can't see if the name goes any further than that, but that's all I get on my screen. All right. I
0: think to to reiterate what was we brought up last week was that we're in the situation we're in because these little fights haven't been fought. And so each little fight does matter. If they're stepping on a right, even with just their big toe, they're still stepping on a right and we need to fight it and put them back in their place. Uh,
1: yes, yes, absolutely. This is there's no way we have a chance to fight back against the BS happening at the federal government level or at the state government level even, if we're not willing to take on those fights at the local government level. I mean, these people live in your community, the people that live and work there with you and they're supposed to be working for you, uh, they might be customers of your business. They might have kids that go to school with your kids or they might play on the same hockey team or soccer team or you name it. These are people you're likely to see in your community, even if you live in a super huge city like Grand Rapids or Detroit or you know, Orlando or something like that. It still happens, although it's obviously a lot harder to run into those people than If you live in, say, Belding, Michigan, with a town of uh, 5,000 people. so. um, But nonetheless, at all levels, at all stages, in all areas, all across the country, you need to know how to fight back. Now, let me be clear. I'm licensed in several jurisdictions, but not Florida. And um, today's focus is um, on giving you the specifics and examples and laws and court rules about Florida and Michigan, because that's where most of you that watch these videos are from. Uh, also, I'm licensed in Michigan, was born in Michigan, but raised in Florida and now back in Florida. Um, so I'm I'm not here to provide legal advice or representation to you, but I want to give you the tools and help you figure out how to best represent yourself or at the very least best educate yourself, uh, hopefully even before you find yourself in one of these situations. But unfortunately, I know several people that are going through these kinds of things right now. Now, if you are in another state and you uh, don't have obviously the exact same court rules or statutes that would apply to you, I think it's still gonna be a very valuable conversation for you to pay attention to today because then you at least know some of the terms and the things and the timeframes that might apply and things that you could start looking for, giving you some ideas about, you know when I show links about different documents or court rules or things like that, then you know what kinds of things you'd be looking for in your own state. Um, So keep that in mind uh, as we move forward today. Um, Yes, so um, I'm going to, let's see, where do we go? I'm going to throw Lori back in the backstage area here. And um, just so I can make this a little bit better. If you're like me and you're hard of hearing, you read lips. Uh, uh, a lot of people just benefit from being able to have uh, uh, the opportunity to read somebody's lips, so um, that's why we, we throw Lori in the timeout chair backstage, uh, but don't worry, she's always going to jump right back on in if she sees there's somebody's comment or question that I'm missing, or she has some thoughts that she thinks um, need to be shared uh, in the context at that time. So. Uh, And uh, another hot day in Florida. Yeah, I know all of you that that are my buddies in Michigan are going to hate me for even sounding like I'm complaining. Um, I just want to let you know there was no way I was running a hairdryer today when I'm already sweating my butt off here. So um, anyway, uh, welcome to my uh, semi-professional appearance doing these uh, videos for you. All right. So um, time limits and documents needed for ordinance enforcement appeals. So you lost your ordinance uh, enforcement hearing, so now what, how long do you have to appeal? What are the necessary steps? And uh, keep in mind, this is specific to ordinance enforcement appeals, but whether, no matter what kind of case that you might have, whether you're on the defensive side or you're on the offensive side, especially if you're dealing with government, but some of these things are really applicable even in, just general civil types of cases where it's just two private citizens uh, battling it out in court against each other. But um, if you're dealing with any kind of situation, these are key things that can help you know what to look for at the very least. So um, again, the specifics, the actual specific timeframes and court rules and things we're going over are dealing with ordinance enforcement appeals, a topic been on for quite a while. So um, what are your necessary steps with your fundamental property rights at stake and short timelines involved, you're going to want to find out the basics now before it's too late. Even if you're not personally experiencing these issues and don't really think you would be get the information now anyway, because you or someone, you know, will need it sooner than you might otherwise think so. Michigan, just kind of giving you that background, the code enforcement proceedings. And if you're new to me, new to Restore Freedom and what we're doing here, this is the full video. We're going to have that full conversation back and forth with the comments and things like that, questions that are coming in. Um, I'm referencing slides here on the slideshow. But keep in mind that on Thursdays, we do our 10-minute Constitution Segment Recap, where I do a very... Short 10 minute or less recap on today's topic. And then uh, in the description of that video, you'll also see the link for this very slideshow. So you don't have to worry about, you know, writing stuff down or trying to screenshot or do anything like that. Don't worry. On Thursday, you'll get access to this very slideshow that you'll be able to peruse at your own leisure um, from there on. So, Michigan code enforcement proceedings. Code enforcement violations are largely civil infractions in Michigan. So you have essentially crimes and you have civil cases, and then civil infractions are this weird thing in between where it's you're not facing jail time, but you're having a penalty brought on by the state. Uh, but those types of things are governed in Michigan court rule or MCR subchapter 4.100. The court rules are available right on the state court's uh, website, Michigan, one court of justice. you will be able to find that. Um, you could just do a quick Google search for Michigan court rules, and it usually the Michigan Supreme Court is the first one or two or three hits, um, so you should be able to find those fairly easily. Plus, we have shared those as freedom fighting tools before, so you could pop that term into the search bar of our own website, restorefreedomkh.com, and you'll be able to see where we've shared some of those resources and tools before as well. So, according to Michigan Court Rule 2.001, the general rules of civil procedure, which is all of Chapter 2, apply to those situations. Okay. Uh, Florida statute, excuse me, Michigan statute 600.8311 gives district courts the jurisdiction to hear ordinance and charter violations right? So if you have something where your local municipality is bringing some sort of ordinance enforcement against you, this law tells us that it's a district court is where you will end up having to go to battle that out. All court hearings are recorded and testimony must be sworn under oath in Michigan. Now, Florida, Florida code enforcement proceedings. First of all, something I may not remember to say in here, if I don't say it now, Florida, I could not believe at all, when I first experienced this uh, myself in, well, I guess going on two years ago now, that in Florida there's no uh, court reporters automatically recording the hearings. If you want the opportunity to be able to appeal later, you essentially have to know ahead of time and get your own court reporter to show up to the hearing. Is that not bizarre? Who would have thought that you would have to bring your own court reporter, it's stupid. It's one more thing that, that stands as a blockade in between you and the justice system. And uh, it's, it's expensive as all get out as well. So it's not just having to pay for a transcript to be produced later. No, it's you paying someone to be there as a court reporter. Totally absurd, but it's a thing in Florida. Um, I believe that criminal cases uh, are uh, that the state provides that it's all taken care of by the court system to have a court reporter there, um, but I think that's even been changing. And it's not even all criminal cases; it's only the the bigger, uh, bigger ones um, and stuff like that. So, Florida statutes Chapter One Hundred and Sixty Two governs county and municipal code enforcement. So, if you have a situation, that's the chapter you want to start and focus on if you're in Florida. One Hundred and Sixty Two Point Zero Three says that each city or or county or municipal has the authority to enforce their ordinance violations uh, through either a local government code enforcement board or through a special magistrate. Now, a special magistrate is usually an attorney or a retired judge who maintains their law license, who is essentially sworn in to be a quasi-judge, a special magistrate, and decide the case themselves. Florida statute 162.07 requires that all code enforcement hearings have to have minutes kept. Uh, They must be presented by the municipality's attorney or just administrative staff, the code enforcement person or whomever, and have all testimony be recorded and under oath. Now it says it has to be recorded. It's the most bizarre thing ever though, because yeah, it's recorded, but you want your own. Anyway, I'm not even, whatever. Be prepared to have your own transcriptionist and official court reporter with you at these hearings if you want any chances of appealing. Now, the formal rules of evidence do not apply according to the statute, but it says fundamental due process must govern the proceedings. Well, I would think so because the constitution kind of requires that, but I'm glad that they at least threw that part in there. So you lost your ordinance enforcement hearing, so now what? Uh, you can acquiesce. You can just go, okay, fine. If you want me to do this or do that, you want me to rip out the pavers I've already laid down, or you want me to take out my shipping containers, or you want me to take out my fence or install it some other way or make it so that you think it's pretty and cute, uh, regardless of the sturdiness of the structure. Okay, fine. Whatever you want me to do, I'll just do it. That's your first option, right? Uh, You can ignore and say, well, yeah, sure. The The court may have ordered or the special magistrate may have ordered that the city or municipality, township, whatever, is allowed to uh, come in onto your property and remove your pavers or your fence or something like that, Um, political signs, whatever the case may be, Um, but you're just going to ignore that and hope that they just don't come, and if they do, well, I don't know. You'll handle it when it comes, I guess. That's one option. Uh, legislative advocacy, you can go and advocate for changes to happen in your state or in your local municipality, going to those um, township board meetings or city council meetings or, or city commission meetings, whatever your jurisdiction has, but going and advocating for change and saying, hey, you guys, did you know this was actually in the code? Did you know that this is stupid and it violates the constitution? I think you guys all have the responsibility of reading through the code and taking out these horrible parts because you can't hide behind, you know, Michigan Municipal Corporation or, you know, whatever Florida's version is, I can't remember their name of it right now, that's been writing all these land development codes for these um, municipalities and they just vote on it. Um, I don't care. They can't hide behind them because they each took the oath of office. They can't just pass on that responsibility to somebody else. Um, What about political advocacy? What about getting in there? I was talking with um a township trustee he's actually the um township treasurer for georgetown township yesterday we served on that board together when i was still a township trustee myself and uh and he was talking about the political advocacy that would be needed in situations like this that you just need to start fresh and you need to start building up people of who is going to run in the next election cycle or perhaps If you have something particularly egregious, doing some recall petitions, uh, if your uh, jurisdiction allows for that, doing those recall petitions, getting people recalled, and then having an election even earlier than the next election cycle, but either way, trying to actually replace those individuals. What about a lawsuit? Here in Florida, there's a particularly awesome statute, uh, 70.45, look it up if you haven't already. Even if you're not in Florida, check out that statute. It's literally one page on a printed sheet of paper. It's one page long, guys. So you guys can read this and that includes the definition section, mind you. Um, Although in the city of Ormond Beach, the assistant city attorney can't manage to bother reading that one page over at least a four month period of time of being put on notice that they're going to be sued for violating that law. But uh, nonetheless, um, check that out. Uh, That's just one example. And even if you're not in Florida, I said check it out because you might find that your own jurisdiction has had similar things put into place to specifically protect the property rights of property owners um, and essentially bring it back so that you as the property owner don't have the burden of proving all these things Uh, that you have the right to use your own property or anything like that, because that's not the way it's supposed to be, right? No, we get our rights from God not the government. Oh, I'm skipping. Hold on to that thought. So appeal, that would be, I guess, of the the list of choices that you have to deal with. Appeal would be one of the last options. Now, that's what we're going to be specifically talking about today. But I just want to let you know, you do have options if you lose at that level, right? Most people, what do they do? they either acquiesce or they ignore because they're thinking, I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's overwhelming. It was overwhelming and anxious written the whole time. Uh, the, you know, that getting up into that hearing and now to figure out how I would try to challenge that. What's the point? I have no idea. I don't know how to do it and it's probably going to be expensive. Yeah, it probably is. But I hopefully today If enough of you are listening and learning and then spreading the word out to others, hopefully this will be able to save you at least the thousands of dollars of attorney's fees if you can at least know where to start looking yourself at statutes and court rules and being able to defend your own rights. So here's where I was jumping ahead. We get our rights from God, not the government. Why is that important? Well, it's one of those things, it's just gonna help you figure this out. Do you wanna acquiesce and lose the ability to utilize your own property in a way that does not impact any other property owners? Well, uh, if you understand that you get your rights from God, not the government, so you don't have to have to ask their specific permission for every single thing you wanna do on your own property, then you're probably thinking acquiescing is not gonna be a good option for you. Um, in fact, those rights, just a reminder, are meant to be exercised, unabridged, uninfringed, unviolated, undenied, undeprived, unabused, and unusurped. Remember, too, that the government has no rights. You talk about, um, and I had a supposed constitutional attorney, air quotes around that to those of you who are listening on podcasting platforms later, but uh, if I had a constitutional attorney tell me Uh, just about a month ago that, well, here in Florida, the state constitution allows the municipalities to pretty much do whatever they want and, and regulate you however they see fit. And it blew my mind. I mean, I lost respect for that individual. And unfortunately, way too many people still look up to that person and think that he is like some high and mighty constitution, you know, defending champion for we the people. But really, I don't care if the state constitution, which it doesn't come out and say it like this, but let's say it literally says um, here in the state of Florida or Michigan or any other state, if your state constitution says the state can do whatever they want or the the municipalities, your local governments can do whatever they want to regulate your individual property rights. They could tell you what you can do, what you can't do. It doesn't matter. They can run it like a homeowners association and they have the right to do that. Uh, what? How about this? There's a supremacy clause, and that's in Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution, and that very clearly says that no state constitution, no state uh, statute, not even a federal statute, nothing can supersede or override the protections guaranteed to us in our U.S. Constitution, period. So nothing that violates or goes contradictory to the U.S. Constitution Uh, can stand as something that gives permission to government to act in some way. No, government has no rights anyway. Uh, Government only has the uh, powers that we are specifically delegating to it in our constitutions. Okay, so how long do you have to appeal, right? So if you've lost that battle, that initial stage, uh, where your municipality, you know, maybe it's a police officer, maybe, uh, maybe it's a city attorney, maybe it's actually the county prosecutor, whatever their relationship might be, depending on if you're in Florida or Michigan and, and what the setup is, um, you have somebody that's brought a case against you and that at that initial stage, you lost. How long do you have to appeal? Well, starting in Michigan, again, we're gonna talk about Michigan and Florida. In Michigan, there's two different kinds of these um, types of hearings though. So if you wanna look at Michigan Court Rule 4.101H, it's talking about appeals from either informal hearings or formal hearings. Now, if you have an informal hearing where there's there's no attorneys involved and it's it's really loosey-goosey in terms of evidence and, and things like that, um, you only have seven days to appeal from one of those decisions. Seven days, that's it. That's a very short amount of time. Now, the benefit is if something goes wrong there and you chose to not have an attorney and you were just winging it and you're thinking it's informal, whatever, you know, and then things went horribly wrong, if you file your appeal within seven days, you actually get a start over, complete do over uh, at the higher level, right? You actually get a full hearing. And um, it's it's as though that initial hearing never happened. Okay, it's called a de novo. It's a reset, right? However, if you had a formal hearing, appeals from those formal hearings are governed by Michigan subchap Michigan Court Rules Subchapter Seven Point One Zero Zero, and those have to be filed within twenty one days from the order being issued. So let's be clear, if you have that informal hearing, you appeal within seven days, you now get a formal hearing and it's a brand new hearing. But all other kinds of hearings that are formal hearings, that's it, you have your hearing, you have whatever evidence is presented and uh, you can appeal, but you're really just arguing about the, the, the law. You're not saying, oh, well, I wanna, You know, introduce all this new evidence. No, if you tried to introduce it and the judge didn't let you for some reason, then, um, you know, that's something that you could bring up on appeal. But, uh, no, you can't just say, oh, well, I forgot that I wanted to introduce this stuff at the lower hearing. Nope. That's not what this is going to be for, but 21 days in those situations. Okay. So in Florida, what is the time frame to appeal these ordinance enforcement violation hearings in Florida? Florida statute 162.11 says that those appeals must be filed within 30 days of the execution of the order. Okay. 30 days. It's still not a lot of time if you think about it. Okay. But So 30 days. Great. Now what? You either have seven, you have 21, or you have 30 based on what we've seen so far. But what are the necessary steps? Well, in Michigan, with that 21 days, you have have to file a form called a claim of appeal. You have to file a fee, a proof of service. There's some other things. That's why I put the court rule right on here, MCR 7.104C. Now, what's great in Michigan is that this is just a one-page form that I have the link right there in the slideshow that you'll see this on Thursday, but you could click on that in the slideshow. It takes you to that form. If you want to just Google it, MC55 is the number of the uh form itself through the michigan um supreme court administrative office but anyway um it's basically just letting them know so it's not super hard this isn't writing a brief this isn't coming up with all your legal arguments and everything just yet it's letting them know and even better i will say is that there is an appeals uh appeal worksheet for submitting this claim of right to um uh Uh, DC 54 is, that's the the name of this particular form. So DC 54, it's actually a worksheet. It's going to, you could fill in and it tells you what the steps are and it's not a hundred percent got everything, et cetera, but they really do a good job of making sure that if you're following that, then you're not going to get slipped up on missing a deadline or, or a request. requirement register of actions what even is that register of actions is literally literally the court's register or log of all the actions taken on a case so they're supposed to put in there if you called about the hearing they're supposed to put you know call with defendant about something if you filed something if you filed a motion to dismiss you should see motion to dismiss filed by defendant Um, A city's response to the uh, motion to dismiss or whatever that's supposed to be your the log, the complete log of everything that has happened. Now, it's not um, it's not something like it's it's typically not like a clickable link type of thing that it gives you the actual access to the documents, but it's giving you that table of contents so you know what documents you'd be looking for when you want to look at the whole big picture of what's been happening in your case. Um, You also need a statement that you've been uh, that you have requested the transcript of the hearing. Now, that can get costly, but kudos to Michigan over Florida that it's all through the court is where you make that request. They have the people that they assign it to, the different court reporters and things. And you're talking about typically hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars per hearing, typically hundreds of dollars, maybe even close to $100, um, which is still a lot of money, but it's a lot less than what it could be. Um, So who do you have to serve all this paperwork on, you have to serve the district court and the municipality uh, for the documents that you're filing, because where are you filing this, you're filing this appeal in the circuit court. So in Michigan, actually in Florida as well, when you file an appeal for these ordinance enforcement hearings, you are actually filing that appeal in the circuit court. So you're asking the circuit court to overturn what the district court or the special magistrate if it's Florida has done. Okay. So uh, in Michigan, another big difference here, The district court clerk sends records of the case over to the circuit court. Okay. There's a court rule that says when and how and where and what they're sending over. Then once you have gotten notice that they've done that, you only have 28 days to file and serve your brief for your appeal. Okay. So that's your brief and the court rules. um, I I write them right in here. Michigan court rules 7.212 B and C. Oh, that's A and C. That would be a and c so i need to Lori help me remember to change that before i share this slideshow with everybody later this week but um anyway so uh with seven point two one two that tells you what the requirements are for having a brief now what if you just need an example because that's a lot of words on a lot of pages it gets overwhelming to read it all don't worry start with my examples. Go to my website, restorefreedomkh.com, go to resources um, or just use the search bar as well if, that, if you prefer that. But you can go and look at a variety of briefs that I have done. But um, if you're looking for being a defendant, filing an appeal against something that the government has been doing, Look at the briefs that I've done in my Allegan County case, for example. I have lots of appellate briefs on there and it'll give you that example of what the sections look like and how it's laid out. And shoot, if you need to copy and paste the wording to use in your own situation, that's why I put it up there do what you think you need to do there. Now, do you want oral arguments? Some people think that, oh my gosh, I am so terrified about what what I would be putting into writing here, and I don't think I would do a great job there. I am much better at verbalizing, uh, being able to talk through this or whatever, sharing things orally in that regard. Then you have to let them know. So there's a court rule, two court rules that talk about that. Basically, you have to let them know on the front page of your brief, i want oral argument i want oral argument is requested okay that's that's the terminology and so if you think you're better at being able to talk things through rather than write them out for the court that's what you need to do you need to let them know hey and i what i would do for you what i would do if i were you is explain if that's your situation explain to the court why why you think you really need that because that'll help them see your your thoughts and pull everything together a little bit better because you're not an attorney and you're doing your best, but you know that you, um, might otherwise miss something. Um, I mean, I'm hungry, but I try not to generally eat my hair during the shows. Um, I guess I'm just going to continue snacking on that. Um, let me just check in real quick. Um, All right. Um, There's been a lot of chat going on, which is awesome. And I guess, Lori, just uh, tap in here if there's questions. It looks like things are are being shared, information and resources, and and questions are getting. Yeah, looks like questions are being answered, but if I miss something, Lori will jump in and let me know so I can make sure to stop and address your questions. All right, so the appellee in this situation, if you're the one appealing, the appellee is the municipality, right? It's your city, it's your township, it's the county. Now, at this point, they have 21 days to file their brief, their reply brief, and I have the court rules. Those are the correct court rules um, talking about their briefs. Sorry. Give me a second here. Um, there's a question. Uh, I'm far, this is big bad John on YouTube. Thank you for watching and joining us today and having, uh, being a part of that discussion. Uh, big bad John on YouTube says, Catherine, I'm far from knowledgeable on the law, but would a writ of mandamus force ordinance or code enforcement to follow the law when citing you? Um, it depends really on what you mean there, but, uh, I mean, really that could be, um, I have multiple examples of how your question could be popping up, popping up in different ways. Um, really, the, they have to be citing the, you know, the statutes um, or the code. The, the code. Your local municipality most likely has a land development code or code of ordinances, and um, that's what they would have to be citing if they're going to cite you. They have to refer to that. Now, in Florida, there are state statutes that give the municipalities the supposed authority to make these land development codes and in fact, supposedly require them to do so in certain situations. Um, but uh, you can actually take a look at the document I released um, a couple times in the last few weeks, I think. Uh, certainly we shared it last week, uh, that gives you, um, I talk about which Florida laws do that, okay? Uh, I, I don't go into things about Michigan law in that in that sense, but you can look at my briefs uh, from prior situations and in other cases on my website that will talk about that in terms of answering that in, in, uh, in Michigan. Um, okay. So I think I've answered that. Um, it's okay. Lori took it off. So I'm going to assume that I've handled that, but, um, if not, then bring it back in or, or reword it or whatever. And I will do my best to make sure I'm addressing it. So, um, regarding the notification and writing that you never received. Um, now, I, I don't know what, I don't know what we're talking about there. So, I don't know if you're just talking about when the city was illegally trying to, you know, they didn't follow the law on serving me the notice for the hearing, if that's what we're talking about, or if you're talking about something else. So, Again, if, I'm not trying to avoid the question. I just don't understand. I'm not trying to under, understanding what the question specifically is. Um, now, in Michigan, if you want to file a, a, another response, right? So you have filed your brief at this point. This is 28 days after the court clerk. So you filed your notice of claim, your, your, your claim of appeal uh, in Michigan. Uh, the district court has then transmitted the case file records over to the circuit court for that appeal. They've let you know that's happened. You then had 28 days to file a brief. The city has then had their uh, 21 days to file their response or their answer. Uh, You then have 14 days to file a reply brief, which is shorter, has much shorter time, uh, excuse me, page and word limits. But that gives you a chance to address things that may have come up in their brief that you didn't address because you didn't know it was going to come up in in theirs. So Michigan, um, last couple of thoughts on that before I switch over and tell you this info for Florida. Um, First of all, questions of law, and, and this is actually something that's Um, universal. I just didn't have enough time to grab this um, in terms of Florida, but questions of law are reviewed de novo. Again, that term de novo means basically brand new as though the lower court didn't do anything because a lower court doesn't set precedent for the higher court. It's the other way around. So um, this is coming out of a Michigan court of appeals case from 1999, but anytime you have a question of law, what the law is in a situation then when you appeal that, the lower court doesn't have to look at uh, the higher court doesn't go, oh, well, at your municipal hearing, the judge said it, it, it applied this way. So obviously that's what it means. No, that's that's the good part. That's the main purpose of filing an appeal. Um, now, findings of fact, that's where the court has said, uh, you know, and usually they're they're supposed to be pretty clear about making findings of fact and, and identifying. Well, I find that the defendant or if there's a jury, you know, if it's a criminal case and there's a jury, it's they're going to say we find that the defendant, whatever, committed this offense or the defendant um, stole that property or whatever the case is. Right. So um, there's certain facts that they have to determine whether or not they happened. And those are the findings of fact. Now, a circuit court, when they're when you're in an appeal, a circuit court doesn't get to second guess that, generally speaking. Um, most of the time they're going to accept what the district court said or determined was a fact. However um, it's um, basically if a district court said, yep. Okay. So we, you know, I find that this happened or your special magistrate or whatever. "Um, I find that this happened uh, that the defendant did X, Y, Z. And if the court, the higher court, the circuit court, in this case, if they can look at it and go, that was the evidence presented. How did they possibly come to the conclusion that the defendant did that? There's, there's nothing that's supporting that. There's no clear, uh, you know, it's clearly against the weight of the evidence presented. Um, so, and again, what are they doing then? They're only looking at documents filed for the hearing, the evidence that was admitted during the hearing, and the testimony of witnesses presented at your hearing. That's all that they get to look at. Um, Tapping it back into questions that we're getting from people on YouTube. Kyle asks, if I don't hear back from the court clerk, should I file a brief anyway or contact the clerk? So if you're asking about, going back here, um, if you're asking about whether the district court clerk has sent the records of your case over to your circuit court if they didn't do that, and there's a time frame they have to comply with, you can check out that court rule for those details. Um, but if they haven't done that, uh, and you're you're getting pretty close to that deadline for when they should have done that, uh, definitely in writing, contact the circuit court and find out if the district court did transmit the records over to them because if you're doing it all in writing you're covering your bases and uh they can't do a time frame against you if you haven't been properly served with that notice that your time frame has now started but you don't want to rest on your laurels and go oh it's been 6 months and you know the circuit court you know the district court clerk was supposed to do that so um hopefully um okay so Hopefully that answers that question. All right. So one big thing I want to let you know, because some people assume this is true, but it's not. In Michigan appeals, especially in these situations, there's no automatic stay. What does that mean? If you have a, um, your district court entered an order that you have to rip up this or that, or that your township or your city gets to go on your property and do X, Y, Z to your stuff, and you want to appeal that, It's not automatic that there's a pause button pressed on that order. No, your appeal could be going through and the city could still be coming on your property taking your crap. So what do you do? Well, in Michigan, look at Michigan court rule 7.108. There's a procedure, follow that procedure. Uh, You have to first ask the district court to hit the pause button and issue a stay on their order. And if they don't, then you can go and ask the circuit court for that if you wanna know Uh, Where you can find any forms for that or any other parts of of the appeals process in Michigan, Um, the forms themselves are um, available in the link of the slideshow as well. Now, Florida, okay, Florida, you have that 30 days we talked about, right? So under Florida statutes, you have to file an appeal within 30 days. Uh, What is it that you have to file, though, within the 30 days? Well, I have the court rules here. Um, I'm not going to go over all of them, but 9.110C says that it's a one-page notice, very similar to Michigan, um, but this notice, which um, I'm going to talk about in a minute, on page 193 and 199. In fact, I'm going to switch over real quick to show you guys because it is actually not that menacing. It's a lot easier to understand. It'd be better if I was able to shrink this up for you guys. Give me a second here. Okay, so this is the Florida version and I don't, I can't get rid of this thing for some reason. I tried, but um, yeah, it won't go anywhere. Okay. So this right here, that's it. You see that it's like a paragraph. So at the beginning, it shows you the example of your, you know, the caption, what kind of words you have to have at the top that it says notice of appeal, you put the parties and then here it's just, you know, notice is given that you're appealing and then you put your name and your information on there. That's really all that it is. Okay. So it's really not that menacing. It's a one page notice, very similar to the Michigan one. Um, the Michigan one actually is a PDF where you fill it in, um, and then print it out. But at any rate, that is, um, that is that. Okay. So, um, all right. So in Florida, You file that one page notice within the 30 days, you file that with both the clerk of the lower court and the clerk of the circuit court. Now, what's interesting for me is that um, in this situation, I'm in the city of Ormond Beach, I don't know about your situation, but even as an attorney, now I'm not a Florida attorney, but I'm not a dummy either. I don't know who the heck is serving as the court clerk in a sense for, for the hearing that we just had. It can't be the the city employee that's bringing the action. She can't serve in two different roles. It's not the city attorney because she's the city attorney. Uh, I don't have contact information. They never gave me information for any kind of court or judge or magistrate or, you know, uh, so I have no idea who this is. So that's going to be very interesting on who I'm supposed to serve this on, but um at any rate just do it like shotgun approach get out get it out to as many people as possible uh and let them know it's not clear you guys do not make it clear at all and identifying who i'm supposed to serve and in this capacity but i'm getting all of you because one of you is bound to be the right person and if not then you could figure out how to get you know how to get it to the right person um at any rate so that's within 30 days now the fee the fee is $281 that you have to pay for the filing fee. And you pay that to the circuit court clerk. Um, I did have um, a, um, a, a form here, and I just didn't. Um, I, I'll have to make that a clickable link for you guys. But uh, at any rate, you don't. I'll do that before I share it with you on Thursday. Um, Okay, what else do you have to do so you file this paper within 30 days with those two people you pay the $281 to the circuit court clerk, Um, then what Well, then within 10 days of that, then you have to file a notice um, or excuse me a request with. I don't know really how you find out who the approved people are, but with an approved court reporter uh, to get a copy of the transcript and uh, so you have to do that within 10 days. So you, there's a, there's a form that they have, um, and it's letting them know that you have filed the notice of appeal and you know, what you essentially need in terms of the transcript. And then they have to have, you actually serve that on them and then they fill it out and they say, yep, I know I got this. I've got 30 days. I think it is to, to, you know, complete the transcript. Then they have to file that form themselves with the court. So you actually don't file with the court. Um, But keep a copy in case something goes wrong and and whatnot. So at any rate, um, and they only have five days. Once you have given them that form, they only have five days to get that form off to the court. Okay, so unlike other civil appeals, here is the big thing. Make sure you guys are listening to this one because if you are in uh, Florida or any other state, Uh, There might be this, there is this situation in Florida. It might occur in other states. I've never, ever heard of this. But unlike other civil appeals in Florida, the appellant, so that would be you or me in this situation, must compile the whole court record from what happened at the hearing. So for me, it was last Monday. We had our hearing with the special magistrate about this ordinance enforcement issue And uh, everything that was transmitted and part of the record, I, under this court rule, I have to actually compile that record into a PDF and make it, you know, meet certain requirements. I put the court rule here, 9.910C4 and uh, 9.220 that tells you how to do it. Um, and when do I have to do this? I, so I have to prepare it and, and send it to the court, the circuit court, so they know what the record is. Isn't that crazy? Why are they all these things that are super complicated and contradictory is beyond me. It's stuff that needs to change, but it is what it is. So um, prepare that record within 50 days from the day that you file your notice of appeal. So once you have officially told everybody, hey, I'm appealing this, then you have 50 days to start compiling that and get it together. Now, you only have to serve the index or essentially the table of of contents, I can't talk today, um, on the municipality. You don't have to serve the whole record on them. You're just giving them the table of contents. Um, and then you electronically file this record with the circuit court within 60 days. So within 50 days, you have to have the, um, the record prepared and you have to have the, um, the, uh, index ready and sent to everybody, but you have another 10 days for some reason to get the rest of it all uploaded to the court. Okay. So, whew. What about a brief though? Because so far you just have the record, all the evidence and things like that, motions, whatever's been filed. Um, And then you have your one page where you just said, hey, I'm appealing this. Well, you file a brief, but you have 70 days to file it from the time that you have filed your notice of appeal. The city or county or whatever your municipality is at that point, they then have 30 days to file their answer And you, if you want that chance of a reply brief, which I strongly suggest and almost always take my opportunity to do so in my cases, um, then you have to file your reply brief within 30 days of that. So other important information. Okay. Like I said, appeals are filed in the circuit court in Michigan. They're also filed in the circuit court in Florida. You can find your circuit courts at the link I have available to you in this slideshow. Um, so if you're in Florida and you're just trying to figure out which one is your circuit court, that's going to help you do that. Now, this is not a, a hearing de novo, meaning brand new. Like we talked about with Michigan, it is limited to just the review of the record that was created below. You can't have new evidence. You can't present new stuff in, in a Florida appeal. Very important. Now, why? So what does this mean? This means it's only the documents that were filed for the hearing, evidence admitted during the hearing, and testimony of witnesses at the hearing. Why is this important? Because you need to know your stuff. If you're going to represent yourself, at the, um, you know, a, at a formal hearing in Michigan courts, or at one of these ordinance enforcement hearings in front of a special magistrate, which is very informal here in Florida courts or Florida, you know, municipalities, you need to know when to object. If they're trying to introduce evidence, there were pictures that were taken illegally by the city when they came here on our property in September. And they just tried to introduce it all as evidence and didn't give me proper notice or anything like that. But um, I made objections. And I think that was probably the first time in history that the judge had ever heard. It's a retired judge who was serving as a special magistrate. um, That's probably the first time he has ever heard someone object to the admission of evidence at one of these types of hearings. And I think he just didn't know what to do. So he just let it in. He didn't make a finding that it was appropriate or that it would be admissible or anything like that. Uh, Certainly due process was not followed because they can't illegally come on my property and take pictures and then submit those as evidence. But at any rate, whatever objections you have, whatever issues you have with any documents or evidence, put it all in writing. Even if it's, it's not pretty and you're not sure how to do it, at least try to cover your bases and say it on the record. Make objections, Um, you know, file paperwork ahead of time. Don't wait till after the hearing to try to get stuff in writing because then it's too late and the higher court's not going to want to hear it. So you have to know what kinds of things you think might be coming so that you can be prepared to try to object um, or fight back. Also, this is just a side note that um, the Florida Rules of General Practice 2.130 says that the rules of appellate procedure control the proceedings where you have um, the circuit court situation, like we do here. So, um, and I don't know about this. Somebody, I don't know if there was something I missed here. Somebody is saying on YouTube uh, to get a lawyer. Yeah, that might be great, but how often do you think people actually get attorneys in these special magistrate hearings in florida let's just take that for example how many times do you think people do that not very often the biggest thing is because it's so expensive to have an attorney fight something uh that might otherwise be cheaper just to acquiesce and go along with what they're asking you to do But not only that, because it is so expensive and because so few people know how to or that they can even fight these situations, there's not enough of a market for an attorney to have that as a niche or a general practice area. Most attorneys want nothing to do with municipal ordinance violation hearings. So good luck. I mean, really good luck. If you find an attorney who's willing to take on that kind of a case, I'd wonder how many years of experience they have under their belt and how much of this they're actually going to know. You might be better off looking through and combing through these statutes and court rules by yourself. All right. So um, what about the law library uh, here, for example, in, um, in Volusia County, the law library provides public access to Westlaw databases. Again, you have law libraries near you, no matter what state you're in, they're somehow available to you. Here, this is just the example, the Law Library offers Westlaw in the courthouse branches and uh, on the Law Library computer workstations in the public libraries that are in Deltona, New Smyrna Beach and Ormond Beach. So that's just telling you where you can go and be able to access um, Westlaw or other types of searches. What about other resources? Well, there is, um, this first one I have available for you is a, a great resource that's basically a how-to do an appeal that's written by the Florida uh, Appellate Bar here. Um, it might be outdated by now. It's seven, I can't even do the math right now, four, yeah, seven years old. Um, so there might be things in there that have been uh, you know, changed or modified since then, but it's at least a good starting point where they're going to go into a lot more detail than what we've done today, but it can help you Um, at least know what to look for. And this is an example um, of at the Volusia County Law Library, uh, there's the catalog right on there, and it gives you examples of what books they have in stock. Now, unfortunately, those books, uh, it's a reference library, so you have to go and read everything there, or you can pay them for copies or whatever, uh, but you can't take those books home with you. So just keep that in mind that you need some other way to write things down or get the information that you need. Um, In Florida, you have the same situation with a stay. There's no automatic stay. When you file this notice of appeal, when you file your brief, when you're filing these uh, documents, the record, any of it, you can't push pause on what the, the municipality is trying to do automatically. You have to ask the lower tribunal for that first. Now here again, I have no freaking clue who I'm supposed to send this to because there's no court clerk information. There's no access to this judge, uh, this special magistrate. This rule is absurd that they're asking me to ask him for a stay. I essentially, I guess I could have asked him for the stay right then and there at that hearing. But uh, three and a half hours in or whatever it was, it um, uh, they, they should have, if that's what they were thinking needed to be done, they needed to let me know that's what my rights were in that moment and they didn't. So at any rate, uh, I've just got to do the shotgun approach, I guess, and prepare it and send it off and say, here, you guys figure out which one of you is supposed to bring it over to him because I have a right to ask for this and uh, uh, it needs to be granted or denied or something so that I can then move on and ask the circuit court to issue a stay if, if he decides not to. Are there court forms available Yes, there are court forms. This I already showed you guys the uh, the screen earlier that had where in in the Michigan excuse me in the Florida uh, rules of appellate procedure where it's um, chapter um, let's see what is it chapter nine point nine I think it is but uh, if you start at page two forty six just scroll all the way down to page two hundred and forty six you'll see twenty pages where it's just forms you just you, you know. Um, you start with it as an example. It's not a PDF that you could fill in, but um, it's still, it's it's a lot of one page, two page forms that so you don't have to try to figure out what they're talking about. You can go and just look and see how it's laid out, see where everything's supposed to go. And it's a great way to be able to utilize those sources. So with your fundamental property rights at stake and the very short timelines involved in some of these situations, make sure that you are finding out the basics now before it's too late. Um, Even if you're not personally experiencing these issues, you're going to need this information because sooner or later, you or someone you know will be going through the situation. So this week's true or false question. In both Michigan and Florida, you have 60 days to file an appeal of a municipal ordinance hearing. True or false? You can head over to Telegram or YouTube and answer our poll on there for that. We are no longer doing the poll on the other platforms, but Telegram and YouTube, go ahead and check it out. You can answer it anytime between now and 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, The answer will be posted at 10 o'clock tonight, Uh, but uh, we do have uh, Mickey answering that on Facebook here um, at least in the comments. But uh, yeah, you if you were listening to the presentation today, you would know the answer. But heck, I'm gonna let you know a little bit right now. The answer is actually false. While in Florida, you have 30 days to file a municipal ordinance violation appeal. Uh, in Michigan, you only have seven days to file an appeal from an informal hearing or 21 days to file an appeal from a formal hearing. So don't miss your time. To appeal. If you want more information about any of this topic, first of all, let us know. Let us know if you think it's helpful that we're going over some of this stuff so that you could be best prepared to fight for your freedom and fight for your property rights. Um, but make sure to check out that Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge post that we will have for you tomorrow. Again, that Thursday Constitution Segment Recap 10-minute video with this slideshow that will be available to you then will come on Thursday. So check that out on all of our platforms and freedom fighting tools will be available on Friday. A bunch of links. It's always, uh, it's it's almost always a link for you to click that gives you a a resource. Um, 99% of the time, a free resource for you to check out and be able to utilize, to, um, be able to defend your rights. Uh, so with that being said, I am, um, going to bring lori back in and did i do that right okay oh (laughs) Oh, no no i I did it now i don't like that one give it back
0: i don't like either
1: (laughs) so uh lori were there any questions or um anything at all that I I wasn't able to grab that you weren't able to help them find answers to in the background?
0: I think for the most part um, we grabbed them. Some of it was off topic that I was answering. Um, One thing Blue Steel keeps sharing, but I'm finding that it's not showing up in the YouTube comments on the live chat is... This, so I thought I'd go ahead and share that. People need to be aware.
1: Ormond and Daytona Beach police chiefs made news releases stating that anti-Semitic people are First Amendment auditors. I guess I am... I'm not sure.
0: I, I think what he's saying is that the police chiefs put on the record that anybody that's a first amendment auditor is basically bad news. I mean, that's what he's trying to imply. And that they're, I I think I saw, he said it a little differently before, but
1: okay. am I right in that blue steel? In the meantime, while we're waiting on that,
0: um, Mm -hmm. Kyle on
1: YouTube tells us, I love this class. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Catherine. Um, and we appreciate you being here because uh we're doing this to make sure we can all we all have to step up and do our part to fight for freedom me fighting my case in ormond beach is going to enable uh not only my neighbors or others all across the city here but people in my county people beyond because we each need to step up and show them i mean my in my own case alone my magistrate who was a circuit court judge for I don't know, 17 years or something like that before he became the special magistrate here. He himself uh, said to me, well, can you just show me a case where this has happened before or that they followed this law before? And of course, I looked at him and I'm like, are you serious? I didn't think I had to bring cases talking about the law being followed when I have the law right in front of us that we need to follow. But it's one of those things that judges, even if they are conservative leaning in nature and and want to protect property rights, they're still so ingrained with having to do it the way it's always been done, that if you can show them where they're supposed to, an example they're supposed to follow, uh, it will help. And so hopefully my freedom fight with this situation here is going to pave the way, pavers, pun intended, uh, pave the way for other people to be able to fight for freedom in their own situations. So- um all right. Um yes. Okay, it looks like looks like we got all that handled. I'm gonna go ahead and sign us off, Lori, unless there's something that is uh unresolved there in the in the chat. Is there anything
0: I think I got it all?
1: Okay, sweet. And um, and
0: I, I do think Lucia was confirming that it, it basically these police chiefs are trying to First Amendment auditors is bad,
1: Huh. That's bad
0: people to be scared of them.
1: So just a side note, everybody, um, I used to be, you know, thin blue line, you know, we need to support our police and all that stuff. Uh, my PTSD from being physically assaulted by three law enforcement officers kind of changed my view on some of that. But uh, let me put it this way, regardless of even that, when it comes to being able to hold them accountable, uh police agencies are not constitutional in nature sheriff's departments are so in my view all police chiefs can kiss it and they all need to be fired every single police officer and police chief in the entire country needs to go and we need to have the better constitutional accountability by having all those law enforcement functions performed in county, in other words, county sheriff's departments, because the sheriff is elected and is accountable directly to the people. Otherwise, you have all those big police agencies and they just become more and more um, dis, you know, disinterested and, and separated from the people, far farther removed from accountability with the people, and it's just an added layer of bureaucracy, only it's guys with guns that are in the bureaucracy. Now, what's worse than bureaucracy with guns? While they're telling us that we can't have guns, mind you, okay? So there is pretty much nothing worse than that. Tyrants with guns. Uh, at least when you have county sheriff's departments um, that is a constitutional concept. It's a constitutional office and it has something a lot more, uh, um, tangible and, uh, approachable and, uh, accountable to we, the people. So, all right. Um, Thank you so much everyone uh, for joining us today and check out those other segments. Please consider donating to what we do here. Uh, We'll actually be having um, a a donation specific link to be able to help with the transcripts that I'll need for this hearing because my hearing, well, let's just put it this way. I had a lot of law, a lot of objections, and uh, the hearing was much longer than a typical hearing would be, much longer. And I'm hearing it's going to be in the thousands for me to simply get my transcript, thousands of dollars to have my transcript provided. So we're going to be setting up a fundraising effort for that. Please consider helping and joining in that regard. Uh, There's also already on my website ways that you can donate specifically to the Allegan County case because we have out of pockets uh, thousands of dollars and out of pockets just in court filing fees and appellate filing fees and things like that. Uh, for the almost two years it took to get that case dismissed, that we need your help being able to replenish those funds and then have additional funds so we can move forward and sue the crap out of those sheriff's deputies, the sheriff himself, the five prosecuting attorneys that touched that file, the three judges that touched that file, and all through the Constitution out the frickin' window, please consider helping with that. The link's for that are right on our website. If you go to restorefreedomkh.com donate, you'll see where you could donate specifically to that Allegan County case. Otherwise, if you just love something like this show, being able to teach you every week about these concepts, please uh, take a look at the video that we shared with you last week uh, and the week before. For $62 for one month, you can sponsor this show for a whole month and get recognition for your organization or business while you're doing that. So please check that out. Again, you can still go to that same page, restorefreedomkh.com donate, and you'll be able to see, scroll to the bottom, and you'll be able to see where you can donate specifically to keep our newsletter going, our constitution segment recap videos on Thursdays, our full episodes on Tuesdays, you name it. So uh, we can't really do this without you. I'm actually making us go broke uh, with all the out-of-pocket expenses we have. It's not even, I'm not even asking you guys to pay me for my work and my and my labor and my time. It's literally so that we can afford to keep the internet up and running and uh, and be able to do, pay for the streaming software, which is the cheapest one that we found out there that works with these platforms. So at any rate, um, thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, please hit that like button and share and subscribe. Join us on other social media platforms if you haven't already. I'm, Really trying to get people over, away from Facebook, over to our Telegram page, um, and um, you know, check out our Rumble page as well. Restore Freedom. You Google that anywhere, you'll find us. You can also go to restorefreedomkh.com/support, and you'll be able to see our social media links all in one spot. So you could check out where we're at on podcasting platforms, where we do our posting, where we do all kinds of different things. Um, check us out on there. So, all right. Thank hold, you. So- hold tight.
0: Tight. Hold tight. Hold tight. I, you're not an Esquire, so I wanted to point this out (laughs) real Um, quick, and and that's okay.
1: It's not really a different Esquire, attorney at law, where it's all synonymous, um, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment from Blue Steel on YouTube saying we need a Catherine Henry Esquire everywhere. So um, I greatly appreciate all of your support in any way, shape, or form that you could provide. So please keep the prayers and support coming and join us uh tomorrow for our way to get involved challenge thanks so much everyone have a great day (laughs)